Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. And I don't know if you follow me on Instagram. I'm going to I'll guess that you don't. don't. I'm not going to ask you to. Don't worry. But I am going to say that somebody slid into the DMs the other day and they were like, you should call people who listen to this the floozies, like the fluently forward floozies. And I was like, I funk with that. I like it. So hey, floozies. <laughs> Remember when I started the episode off with hey, sluts? Anyway, I'm going to keep this short. I don't know about you, but I don't like it when podcasts have the long intro. Sometimes there are certain podcasts, I'm not going to name them, but when I play it, I just skip to three minutes in because I'm like, let's get to the business. But I did just want to say it's been a shit week for me. It might have been a shit week for you. I feel like when people have really shit weeks, just like in the universe or karmically, I'm like, I think it's collective. Like, I think we kind of all have shit weeks at the same time. And it also rubs off on each other, right? Because like, I don't know. If you have a shit week, then you're rude to other people, which then they have a shit week. I think it's all connected, you know, or or it could be the fact that Roe v. Wade was overturned. That wasn't great. I know a lot of different people listen to this, but even I'm like, uh, I'm like my blood vessels are plopping. But, you know, even if you are pro-life, we can all admit collectively that something big happened that like really hasn't been done before. And I'm just really fucking sick of like uh, unprecedented things happening like every month. I really don't like it. So the point of that is this episode's going to be fun. Damn it. So we're going to have some fun. We're talking about New Girl today, and it's going to be fun. This is going to be an hour of fun for you, for me. We're just, we're going to have fun. There's a girl that I listen to, by the way. She does ASMR. She's, a, she's actually a girl. I think she's like a child. Her name is Life with Mac, and I love her ASMR. And she did one video where she was eating fake sand, and the title was like, you know, A Day at the Beach. And in her intro, she whispered it. She was like, so today, like, we're going to be at the beach and I'm going to be eating the sand and we're just going to be having some fun at the beach. And she was kind of aggressive about it, but it was kind of relaxing. So, yeah, we're going to have some fun at the beach today. So, new girl, let's get into it. Hopefully you've seen it. There might be like a few spoilers in here, but like it's a sitcom. So it's nothing that crazy. I just remember being like the show was good, you know. Do What do I know about it? Megan Fox was in it. We talked a little bit about that when we did our episode on Megan Fox and Michael Bay. I know Zoe Deschanel is like married to a property brother. I was like, there's a clip of Schmidt and Nick doing an interview and like messing it up. Taylor Swift starred in a guest episode. Take a drink, by the way. Actually, I'll take a drink because it's not even about Taylor Swift for this episode. And I mentioned her. But that was all like the tea I knew. So I was really excited to dive into this one and see like what the hell is going on in that show. So without further ado, um, oh, and I hated the jingle. I don't know about you. It was just like, hey girl, what you doing? I was like, oh my God. Every time it came on, I was like, oh, where's that button that says skip the intro? Yeah, and then they shortened it, thank God, to where they just went, who's that girl? It's Dumois. Uh, No, it's Jess. So let's dive in. All right, so before we get into the intro of this actual show, just some kind of general, like, public opinion on it that I share, and I think a lot of people do. So the show didn't really kick off or get into its groove until, like, season two or three. And I know everyone says that about shows all the time. Like, have you ever been recommended a show? Everyone's always like, you got to stick with it. Like, it's not great at the very first episode, blah, blah, blah. But what I think is really interesting is, you know, they started this show, and I don't think they had the characters fully formed at all. They had Jess, and, like, that's about it. It's kind of a fun, interesting, like, 
thought experiment to go back and watch the first couple of episodes because the characters are completely different. And I don't know how TV show writing works, but I'm like, it's kind of weird that they really only developed Jess and her character stays consistent. Especially with Winston, like we can all agree, Winston didn't have like a character at all until like season three. And I'll talk more about this later. I think it's interesting how all of the characters of color really didn't have as much of a personality as Jess, Schmidt, and Nick did. And I, you know, I have my own theories and things to say on that later. I'll get into that when we do each individual character. But especially with Winston, like I was rewatching the scene where um, Jess goes to get all of her stuff back. It's like, episode one or two from her ex-boyfriend and they put on hats of Jess and they're like trying to threaten the ex-boyfriend. They're like, if you want this hat, come and take it. And they put on a hat that looks like a moose. And Winston in that scene is kind of off to the side and he's like, you guys look ridiculous. And I remember watching that scene being like, the Winston of season four would have a hat on every part of his body and a cat there too. And like, you know what I mean? It's, It's just very obvious. Um, Also, I think something that's interesting about this show is that they kind of sex and the cityed the characters on there. Like, there's not one character on there, for the most part, that you would 100% identify with, but there's little bits and pieces. They, like, 25%ed all of these characteristics so perfectly to make you feel like you can relate to any of them, which is the hallmark of, like, a really good show. I I mean, after season one. (laughs) So this will be a fun thing. We can do some polls on Instagram this week, which parts of each character you relate to. But personally for me, I would say for Jess, I am also like naive and girly and very optimistic. Like Nick, are you kidding me? I'm into conspiracy theories. Was the moon landing real? Let's talk about it, Nick Miller. With Schmidt, I also am very particular about things and I get highly irrational, or sorry, irritable very easily and like Winston a goofball and the CD that he listens to of elations elations I love stuff like that so yeah they're they're like the sex in the city girls all right so let's get into how this show started before we do the characters so it aired between 2011 and 2018 and it was initially described this was kind of the hook of the show it revolves around a kooky teacher (laughs) Jessica Day she moves into an LA loft with three men and, you know, drama and kookiness ensues. In the very first tagline that they actually used to market this show, they were using Zoe Deschanel to push the show really heavily, and the promo tagline that they used for it was simply adorkable. So I'm actually going to throw myself out of a window. It is so millennial. It is like when I see Simply Adorkable, you know the font that they use at like TJ Maxx and Home Goods, which like I'm a Maxinista. I do love Home Goods, but you know that font with the long skinny letters? Like that is how I see the tagline Simply Adorkable. So the writer or the you know, the creator of this Elizabeth Merriweather, isn't it funny how on some show credits the name of like the first name sticks out to you and then other show credits, you don't know who they are. Anyway, I just remember Elizabeth 
Meriwether or whatever in like blue font that would be shown after New Girl. So she wanted this character and the entire show was kind of made a little bit about her life because she was pitching this idea of an offbeat girl moving in with three single guys. And it was inspired by her experience of bouncing from Craigslist sublet to Craigslist sublet for four years in L.A. when she was in her 20s. And the initial name for the show was called Chicks and Dicks. (laughs) And two of the characters were already kind of formed, and that was Jess and Schmidt, which makes sense because, like, Nick and Winston didn't really have much going to them for a while. Now, a lot of discourse kind of came out about this show because the character of Jess, you know, they were like, she's too girly or she's taking feminism a step backwards or, you know, she's a full grown woman who giggles and can't say the word penis and things like that. There's a lot of discourse about feminism. Doesn't it sometimes feel exhausting too? I was thinking about this, not to get like super political on this episode, but something big did happen. And there was a TikTok video I saw that was basically saying like, you know, like white women are going about Roe v. Wade, like all wrong. And there was a stitch to that. And then they're just like, isn't it funny how like anytime something happens, white women are blamed, which like, I'm not saying that I'm pro or con that I think there's times, of course, when it happens and times when it doesn't. And then one of the comments was just like, yeah, like, the Republicans must be laughing at us because if there's one thing they have, it's like they all kind of support each other. There's not really much like discourse within the Republican Party of like, are you being a good enough Republican or like X, Y, Z? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of true, you know? And I think of that too with feminism. It's like, what makes a good feminist? Like you're being a good feminist or a bad one. And I'm just like, I don't know. I've never really heard of a man pointing to another man and being like, you're not holding up the standards of manhood right now. Like, they just don't really fight amongst each other like that. So anyway, discourse on feminism aside, there is a quote, I do like how Jess is portrayed. And there was this episode called Jess vs. Julia, where Nick is dating Lizzie Kaplan. We talked about her in Mean Girls, who plays Janice Ians. And she's like portrayed as this, you know, tough lady lawyer. And Jess is like this girly girl. And there's a scene in it because they're kind of fighting a little bit and Julia's rolling her eyes at Jess being like this cupcake girl knitting a blanket. And I'm going to insert the quote here of what Jess says to Julia. I got something to say to you, man. What? I break for birds. I rock a lot of polka dots. I have touched glitter in the last 24 hours. I spend my entire day talking to children. And I find it fundamentally strange that you're not a dessert person. That's just weird and it freaks me out. And I'm sorry I don't talk like Murphy Brown and I hate your pantsuit. I wish it had ribbons on it or something to make it just slightly cuter. And that doesn't mean I'm not smart and tough and strong. Okay. And I know you like Nick and I'm not trying to interfere, but you should just talk to him about it. Are you done? I am almost done. I'm about to go and pay this $800 fine, and my checks have baby farm animals on them, bitch. It's the wrong way. And I just love that. I love, you know, like, I can be this, and I can have glitter all over my face, and that doesn't mean I'm not smart and tough and strong. And I like how she used those words, smart and tough and strong. And I had never really thought of, like, what three things am I, like, constantly kind of trying to prove about myself. And I was like, ooh, it's kind of smart and tough and strong. 
So that was some of the stuff that came out about Jess when this first happened. Um, Max Greenfield, who plays Schmidt, he was kind of all around considered the show's breakout star in season one. And then in season two, Jake Johnson, who plays Nick, was kind of considered that. And I do think that Schmidt was the breakout star of New Girl. I think a lot of people think or have him as their favorite character. But what's also interesting is that I've heard a lot of people say that the guys in the house are the only good ones in the show. And like Jess brings the show down and the show could totally exist without her. Which like not for nothing. I've heard the same thing about How I Met Your Mother. I've heard the same thing about a lot of shows. You know, maybe it's just people not liking female characters. Maybe it's them not liking those particular female characters. But this is what I'll say. Dude, it is the rules of comedy like the only reason some of those scenes are good is because Jess is there and I think of this in particular for example the show Arrested Development which I love no one's favorite character is Michael Bluth minus Tobias or Job but you need Michael Bluth in the show for those scenes to be funny because you for every situation you need a straight man otherwise you know there's there's nothing to balance out what's happening and like show how ridiculous it is so, like, yes, the guys in that show are funny, but they're funny because they're being related to Jess, you know, like a conspiracy theorist Nick walking around. I guess that could be funny. It would be kind of a little bit of a dark show if it was just Nick. But then you take Jess covered in ribbons and bows, who's a kindergarten teacher, handing him a feeling stick to talk about his feelings and him breaking it and not wanting to talk about his feelings. That's what makes the scene funny. So, you know, there we go. A little bit more about how the show is funny. Two folks from 30 Rock, Brett Bayer and Dave Finkel, became co-showrunners. Um, even though Elizabeth Merriweather is like the voice behind New Girls, I think that's what made it really good. 30 Rock is my all-time number one favorite comedy show, maybe even favorite show in the world. I, I'm obsessed with 30 Rock. A little bit more about how the characters changed initially. So initially, Nick was going to be the straight man of the show. And everybody kind of takes turns in that role. But she originally wanted him as the smartest one in the group, the everyman, the one who kind of steps back and comments on what all the crazy people are doing around him. And he does play that sometimes, but then he also turned into like a little bit of like a crazy little conspiracy theorist wallet held together with duct tape, you know, that type of character. What's also interesting is that after Jake Johnson got the role of Nick Miller, he ha had to agree to lose 15 pounds at the network's request, which is interesting. Isn't that funny? Like you always hear of that with women, but it does happen to men. Now, casting the role of the coach character took a little bit longer. He was originally envisioned as, quote, a fat Jewish guy like a man child. And then later as a dumb jock with crazy rage problems, which is just one of these things where I'm like, how did they go back and forth? You can really feel it in the first season that they don't know who these characters are. And they said that they ended up giving the crazy rage problems to Nick, which as you can see, you know, he tries to push on doors that say pull and things like that. <laughs> Relatable. And we will get into this more when we cover each of the individual characters, but I definitely remember this. It was kind of weird at the beginning because there was a roommate named Coach, but then he goes away and he's replaced with Winston and what's going on with that. Basically, Lamorne Morris, who plays Winston, he had auditioned for the role of Coach and so had Damon Waynes or Damon Waynes Jr. 
And Damon got the role because he was on a sitcom called Happy Endings. They thought that it was going to be ending. So he was like, great, I'm going to be coach. Then the sitcom was renewed for a second season. So then he was replaced with Lamorne Morris, who had also auditioned for that part. So then Winston comes in as Winston, coach goes away, and then after ha- the sitcom Happy Endings was canceled, um, Damon Waynes comes back, and they decided to add coach back in, which was it was a little bit confusing for me as a viewer, but that's the reason why it happened, some, some behind-the-scenes scheduling. Also in the show, they have the drinking game True American. It kind of reminds me of Calvin Ball, if anyone ever read Calvin and Hobbes comic books back in the day. Let me know, too. Has anyone played True American? Everyone says that it sounds fun, and I'm like, it sounds like a lot of rules, you know? I host game night at my place pretty frequently, like once a month, and explaining even the most basic of rules to a group of drunk people, I would rather step on fire than have to learn True American and explain it to everybody. Okay, and lastly, before we get into each individual character, they do have a podcast together, and they kind of, like, talk about um, what happened in the show and behind the scenes and things like that. And I'm just going to pull out some interesting snippets that I grabbed online about the podcast. So apparently Jake Johnson, Nick, said that him and Zoe Deschanel really fought for the last season to be made and not canceled so that way the show could have a proper ending, which is interesting. There have been a lot of comments saying that the new girl cast doesn't really hang out, you know, off work. Um, They're not that close. But Jake Johnson on the podcast does say that there's been a number of different times where Lamorne Winston would come to his house, hang out, have dinner. He told a story once that he told Lamorne to come over with steak and lobsters just as a joke, and he actually ordered lobster and took it over to Jake's house, and when they opened the box up, it was a live lobster, so they released it into the Atlantic Ocean. Some more thoughts about the podcast. People say that Lamorne's really good at improv and super funny, but they don't let him talk that much. That Hannah is actually really good at storytelling, very warm and funny, but it's mostly Zoe Deschanel dominating the conversation. And she has, quote, the conversational skills of a 14-year-old theater kid. And people are like, yeah, yeah, I agree. She's a little bit awkward. Also, this is my last thing, and then we're going to go into the comments, or sorry, the characters. A lot of people are like, Nick Miller is my dream man. I'm in love with Nick. And I'm just like, huh, out of all the guys, I'm going to do another poll on Instagram. Out of all the guys in the loft, who would you want to date? Nick Miller is not my dream man. Maybe I'm saying that because I relate to him too much, but like I want a Schmidt. I want a type A guy who's got his shit together. So that way, like I can be the relaxed one who talks about who killed JFK and stuff like that. So (laughs) I don't know. I'm curious about who who your dream guy is from the loft. All right. We are getting to the characters and we are starting with the meatiest one, Zoe Deschanel. Um... I kind of just knew that she was a pretty girl with bangs and she's dating a property brother who I thought they were gay. And maybe it's me, but am I the only one who thought that the property brothers were a gay couple? And I know that I shouldn't have thought that because brothers is literally in the title. But I don't know. I've never seen their show. I've just seen like snippets of it. And I guess promotional content for it. And I guess I'm just so used to seeing Chip and Joe like posing together as like a happy couple who works on people's homes. And then the Property Brothers were just like doing the same poses for everything. And for some just for years, I thought that they were a couple. I don't know why. But they're not. Um, 
and he's dating Zoe Deschanel. Well, we'll get into the blinds about them later. I might not have been the only one who got those vibes. So, Zoe Deschanel, an American actress, musician, and songwriter. She is, like, pushing her music all the, all the, all the time. So she made her film debut in Mumford in 1999. Um, she was also in Almost Famous. Um, and then she started to get into some comedy films. She was in The Good Girl, The New Guy, Elf. Remember her as like the blonde department store worker? She was in Failure to Launch, Yes Man, 500 Days of Summer, which we definitely know that. Um, a little bit of drama films, Bridge to Terabithia, things like that. And then, of course, Jess and New Girl. She is also the co-founder of the website Hello Giggles, which who else worked on that was Molly from Trend Lightly, who we did an episode with Trend Lightly. We were talking about um, social media influencer blind items, and she has her own podcast, Trend Lightly. It's good. I listen to it every week. I love it. Now, it's interesting because the different characters on this show all come from very different childhoods and backgrounds. Zoe Deschanel was born in L.A., the daughter of a cinematographer and a director, and the daughter of an actress. So, like, nepotism, baby, all the way, dude. Um, she attended this private prep school in Santa Monica. Some of her friends there were Jake Gyllenhaal and Kate Hudson. It's just like, come on. She sang in high school. She was in musical theater. She wanted to pursue a career in musical theater. And sure enough, like she went to Northwestern for nine months and then dropped out to pursue acting. I'm sure it was very easy for her. Well, not not to like, not in like a dick way, right? Like, you know, everyone has their trials and tribulations, but like that, you know, that's the path. She was already on the path. Now, when she was in the drama movie Maniac in 2001, she was the love interest of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which I always picture them together singing with a ukulele. Wasn't there like a Christmas song that they sang like back in the early YouTube days? And of course, I think of them with 500 Days of Summer. But it's interesting that eight years before that, they were already in a movie together. Something else about Zoe Deschanel, she is allergic to eggs, dairy, and soy. Um, she has a gluten allergy, but she said recently that she no longer suffers from it. She used to be vegan, but she had to give that up because she was just like, I am sensitive to wheat and soy. Like, it's really hard to get enough calories. Now she's vegetarian. Her dating life. So in December 2008, she was engaged to musician Ben Gibbard. He was the singer for Death Cab for Cutie and the Postal Service. They got married in 2009. And then in 2011, they announced that they were separating. Then in 2015, she is engaged to a film producer named Jacob Pechnik. Um, they have two children. Elsie and Charlie, and then they announced that they were getting divorced four years later in 2019. Then, and the blinds will mention this, like very, very recently after her announcing the separation and getting divorced, she starts dating one of the property brothers, Jonathan Scott, and they met while filming an episode of Carpool Karaoke, which like... <laughs> I just feel like that's the worst place to meet someone with, like, James Corden right there. <laughs> anyway, and Zoe Deschanel has converted to Judaism, which was her second husband's faith. Now, let's get into the blind items of Zoe Deschanel. I was on a TikTok live before this trying to, like, wake up my voice because it's early right now. And somebody asked if Zoe Deschanel was rotted. And I was like, she's not really rotted. And then somebody commented, moldy. Like... 
covered in mold. So like she's not full on rotted, but she's like a little bit moldy. Do you know what I mean? So let's talk about the moldy blind items. This first one here, this former A-list actress turned wannabe HGTV star, which like, isn't that the dream? A show on HGTV? I love HGTV. Anyway, she's making enemies everywhere she goes and producers let her calls go straight to voicemail. And that is about Zoe Deschanel. And there's all these blind items about her wanting to get on the HGTV train and like nobody likes her. Here was one from the Oscars. It says, it might have seemed like a good idea to someone at some point, but it turned out to be a very massive flop for the A-list actress from an acting family and the skit song she decided to do with this Grammy winner at a big party. She really does have next level thirst. Can someone please give her a home improvement show and put us out of our collective misery? Gotta love Enti. I love when Enti puts his opinion into the blinds. And I will say, can someone please give her a home improvement show? Because I would love to see, I think Zoe Deschanel is like showing off part of her home on TikTok. And I'm like, yeah, I would, I would die to see Zoe Deschanel. I do want that HGTV show. Why won't anybody do it? All right, here's one about her and the property brother. Apparently this A-list actress singer from an acting family thought she was getting the six-figure birthday present she asked her boyfriend for. She had been telling all of her friends to act surprised. The person surprised was the actress, who got some gifts, but nothing close to what she was expecting. And apparently she was looking for an engagement ring, but I think that they are just dating. You know what? I'm gonna use the remaining 90 to get out of here and start a new life. Nice knowing you. I'm gonna die alone. Oh no! I am so so sad right now. Oh, my heart hurts. Now this blind item I read about Rachel McAdams back in the Mean Girls episode I did. So I'll just like synopsis, synop, synop, whatever. I'm gonna TLDR it for you. It's basically that, allegedly, did I mention that everything here is alleged? These are all blind items, which means that they are alleged to hell and back. It's speculation, it's gossip, it's rumor, it's not true, but is it? I mean, is it true? So allegedly, she adopted two dogs. I mean, that's a fact. She adopted two dogs, and this big deal was made of it, and apparently she asked for all of these tabloid stories and cover articles, like, look at these two dogs that I rescued, and then... When she ditched her boyfriend to marry her now ex-husband, the dogs were allegedly left with Rachel McAdams and she's been caring for them ever since, which is interesting. And look, I mean, I do a little bit of research on this and let's just say that Zelda and Dot were these like two tiny dogs that Zoe Deschanel had. And here's a picture of Rachel McAdams out on a walk and she's like got two tiny white dogs with her. So uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll post the photos. Here's another blind. It didn't take long for this former A-list actress from an acting family to ignore that relationship timeline and go full bore with a new one-off reality show with her new celebrity boyfriend, the property brother. She sees herself with some type of brand similar to Joanna Gaines, but including music too. Let me know what you think of Zoe Deschanel. I mean, I would like to see that home improvement design, just a tour of her own house. I would be into that for her. I'm not nuts about her music, but I think, yeah, some people are. 
Okay, here's something from one of NT's insiders, and it says, This A-list actress has been acting since she was a kid and spilling tea to me since not long after. She said this HGTV star and his actress girlfriend, the property brother and Zoe, smiled pretty for the cameras but kept their distance from each other during an event this week. Another blind about Jonathan, the property brother, it says this HGTV star was at a party and being a huge diva along with his actress girlfriend. He acts like an A-plus list movie actor instead of the guy who really won't be remembered a decade from now. Now this blind kind of gets into the vibes that I was getting. It says, speaking of little secrets, do you think the A-list actress from an acting family knows that the guy she hooked up with while married prefers men to women. It is why his last significant other finally bailed on him. Now this blind, let me see what year it's from, because I don't know if this would be um, about a property brother, about someone else. Oh, okay. It's from 2014. So this is like not a property brother. It's a long time ago. It says, the A-list mostly television actress from a hit Fox show took her first ever topless selfie and sent it to her boyfriend. She was so freaked out that after she sent it, she rushed over to his place and made him delete it while she watched. <laughs> I'm like me in high school. <laughs> no, actually, I don't think we really had like picture phones in high school, but it's it's relatable behavior. Okay, now this is really fucking interesting. Zoe Deschanel allegedly hated, hated Megan Fox being on New Girl. Now, here's one blind item. I already read this on the Megan Fox episode, but you know, it's it's the first of a few, so I'll read it here. It said a few days after she returned to work, because Zoe Deschanel was on maternity leave for a little bit of New Girl, so she left. Megan Fox came in as a roommate to take her place. So a few days after she returned to work, this A-list mostly TV actress, blah, 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 received some flowers and a gift. Not just any flowers or any gift. It was a $1,000 bouquet and a very expensive piece of jewelry. It was from this A-list mostly movie actress, Megan Fox. Our TV actress put the flowers through a paper shredder and gave the jewelry to her assistant and claimed that she bought it just for the assistant. And I remember when I read that Megan Fox blind, I, I read it alone and I was like, what? Like, was she into Zoe Deschanel? Was it like a thank you for being on the show? Well, here's some more. Okay. At some point, this A-list mostly TV actress on a hit network show has to let the hate go. A production assistant on the show was wearing a t-shirt of a certain movie franchise that stars the nemesis of our actress. Apparently it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Our actress went ballistic and had the production assistant change shirts. Another blind saying the A-list mostly TV actress, whatever, Zoe is freaking out about her job security. The crew and producers are really loving her replacement. Our A-minus lister calls and texts constantly and has done a hundred pop-ins to make sure her job is safe. Of course it is, but she's worried that she might end up sharing the spotlight. Our A-minus lister doesn't share. All right, and then this last one, which I'm going to post later on this week, the evidence on Instagram, because this one I checked out myself. I did some digging, and it is true. Okay. At the party, but conspicuously left out of most group photos taken, was this A-minus mostly movie actress, Megan Fox, who is hated by this A-minus list TV actress, Zoe Deschanel. Palp palpable, someone called it. Yeah, I'm not sure they know what it means or if they just like saying it. 
And I will post the photos on Instagram, but there's this huge album of everyone at a new girl cast party and Megan Fox is on the side of the group photo and Zoe posts it with Megan Fox cut out of it and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, interesting. That's weird. All right, here's one. This A-minus list, mostly TV actress who has been on my TV every day in a new commercial, Zoe Deschanel, was asked by a fellow actress on the same network, Mindy Kaling, for, for some help with her own show that has been struggling, The Mindy Project. Our A-lister said, of course, she would be happy to help and then does absolutely nothing. The A-lister knows that the show is going down and doesn't want to be associated with it. Which I will say for that one, you could call it bitchy, but also, I mean, show business is still business. Although I personally think the two would have done a good crossover. Like if Zoe Deschanel guest starred on The Mindy Project, like it's not going to tank your brand that much. I think that the two are kind of similar in like theme. Okay, so... Let's get to Jake Johnson, a.k.a. Nick Miller. So Jake Johnson was born in Evanston, Illinois, a northern suburb of Chicago, the son of Ken Weinberger, who owned a car dealership, and Eve Johnson, an artist who made stained glass windows. And I'm just like, that's kind of similar to his character. His dad owned a car dealership. He's from Illinois, outside of Chicago. I'm just like, oh, it's like starting to make sense. I like when that stuff happens. So his parents divorced when he was two, and him and his two older siblings, a brother and a sister, were raised by his single mother. So he took his mother's last name during high school. And I, I just think that that's great, too. I've always thought it's so weird how the name, the last name, goes to the children. But, like, what if the dad leaves? Or what if the dad isn't great? Like, that's crazy that, like, you just have their last name forever. And Jake Johnson has said that when he was 17, his father resurfaced, and now they are close. So he grew up as a fan, which makes sense, being by Chicago, of the Second City Improv Troupe, which is where I was trained. And when he was in New York, he started a sketch comedy troupe called the Midwesterners. <laughs> so then after he moved to L.A., he was a waiter and a production assistant while he would, like, score kind of, like, little tiny feature guest TV roles and stuff like that before he got um, on New Girl. So it's kind of funny the paths that some people take um, to become an actor or actress, right? Like Zoe made it through singing, then to acting, and Jake went to comedy and then to acting. Although like you think of the two paths and the path that Zoe Deschanel had to this versus Jake Johnson, very, very different. Now what's interesting, and I didn't know this, is that drunk history... You've heard of Drunk History. Um, it was inspired by a conversation in 2007 that Jake Johnson had with the creator of the series, Derek Waters. So apparently Jake Johnson was drunk and talking to him and he was trying to describe the story of Otis Redain's death. I don't even know who that guy is. So then Derek Waters was like, oh, wait, I'm really inspired. We could do a cool series where history is narrated by drunk people. And Jake Johnson then appeared in the first episode of the web series, and then it was adapted to Comedy Central and blah, 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 blah. So he married an artist named Aaron Payne in 2006, and he has twin daughters, which is sweet. And I also just think that's interesting, too, that his mother was an artist, right, who made stained glass windows, and he ended up marrying an artist. And I looked into a little bit of her paintings, and she does something called pile paintings, and they're like, they're like piles of clothes. You should look them up. It's just like 
I, I, don't, well, I don't know how else to describe it. It's piles of clothes. And that's like most of the work that she does. So there's only one blind item about him and it could be about him and it could be about someone else. And I think it's about someone else. This is one that hasn't been confirmed. It says this B plus list, mostly TV actor from a hit network show also does a million other things. That's what makes me think it's not him. Literally over the past couple of years, he has been everywhere. This is his first time in a blind. He has been married forever, but has been hooking up with a production assistant on a show that he worked on for a little bit. So that could be Jake Johnson with New Girl, but I have to say, like, he does a million other things, and in the past couple of years, he's been everywhere. I think I've seen him in, like, the movie Tag, but, like, he hasn't really been everywhere, so I, I don't think that it's him. And I like him. <laughs> I like that he does improv. I like that he took his mom's last name. I like that he's a fan of the arts, obviously. So yay to Jake Johnson. Okay, Max Greenfield, who plays Schmidt. He also had recurring roles in Veronica Mars and Ugly Betty. I love Ugly Betty. One day I want to do a blind item episode on it, but I feel like not that many people have watched Ugly Betty, and he was the exact same character in it, just like a total douche canoe bro, but who's also kind of like involved in fashion. Like, I don't know. It was great. I thought it was great. Calm down. What was a lie? What was a lie? You I cannot been... pee on your face. I thought you were with me to the end. I just peed in the ocean, so I'm all out. You peed in the ocean? Yeah, look. Disgusting. Okay. He also has done voice acting in Ice Age, Bob's Burgers, Robot Chicken, and BoJack Horseman. Which, that's what I would do. I think voice acting is like how, well, I guess that's the podcast. <laughs> but I think voice acting is like such a cool gig. He has been married to casting director Tess Sanchez since 2008. And they have two children, a daughter named Lily and a son named Ozzy. And he has zero blinds. He also has like zero gossip. Because if somebody doesn't have blinds, I look around. I'm like scandal, problematic. I'm looking through tweets and like there is really nothing bad about him, which isn't it interesting how that works? Where like someone like Ellen DeGeneres or Bill Cosby, who on TV are the most like lovable, huggable people, their blind items are like completely rotted and then someone who plays the biggest douchebag other than Kevin Spacey. <laughs> but typically someone who plays the biggest douchebag like Lena Haiti for uh, who plays Cersei in Game of Thrones. In real life, they're like super sweet. So yeah, no blinds for Max Greenfield. Damn. So I am very excited to talk about our partner for this podcast, Athletic Greens. So I've been wanting to take AG1 for a while now, mainly, mainly because I think anyone who's drinking something that's green is cool. Any like liquid that isn't, you know, clear, I just think that there's something like fascinating about it. So I have been lusting after Athletic Greens for a long time. So Every day this week, I've been taking AG1. What it works is you take one scoop of uh, their powder and you put it in water and you shake it up and drink it. And it has this kind of like tropical citrusy taste. Um, and for me, why I really like it is that I used to take vitamins every day in the morning probiotics, you want to do like cranberry pills, you want to do stuff for um, your focus. 
I felt like I was geriatric. I was taking like 12 different pills every day and it took a while to swallow them all. So I really like Athletic Greens because it's just a great way to start your day with a drink rather than a million and a half vitamins. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So all you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash fluentlyforward. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com slash fluentlyforward. And you too can take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, now we're going to move on to Hannah Simone, aka Cece. And I was really excited when Cece came into New Girl because I kind of always... You know, I like female characters and I always like secondary female characters just because I think of myself as someone with sidekick energy or like second character energy for the great Gatsby. I wrote like an essay on what was the chick's name, Jordan, or like, you know, I didn't like Cersei. I liked Marjorie in Game of Thrones and things like that. But here's the thing. Cece's character is no character, right? At least to me. Who was Cece? She was a, like a model. She was like a tough girl. She did the Cece and Winston classic mess arounds. But it's just like, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm begging the writers to like, please develop the minority characters on New Girl because Cece, Winston, and Coach, if I had to Myers-Briggs type them or put them into a Harry Potter house, it would be really hard for me to do that. Like, I think I could do that with Schmidt, Nick, and Jess. But with these characters, like... Cece is model. Winston is cop. Coach is coach. And yes, you have Jess is school teacher, but you also have quirky, adorkable, ribbons, optimist. With Nick, you have bartender, but you also have, you know, like gloomy and cynical. And with Schmidt, you have he, he works for Astrat. He's a marketer, just like me. Um, but you also have, you know, like type A in particular and pretentious and douchey. And Cece, like, yes, you have her as a model. And I guess her adjective would be tough girl. But you don't really see, like, everyone just says that she's tough. Like, you, you never really saw a backstory or something like that for Cece. And I wish we got that, like a montage of her getting ready, a day in the life, you know, what she has to deal with. Like the moments that Cece experiences, you kind of experience it through Jess or through Schmidt. So she was never really like a full character. And even with her storyline, right? Like she starts off as a model, but then she becomes a bartender. Then they send her back to school. Then she starts modeling. It's like both her character and her development and her story, it changes every season, right? And I don't know, maybe the character of Cece was someone. I get that a lot of this show is about kind of floundering and trying to figure out your career and things like that. But, you know, she kind of floundered throughout the whole season. And I just thought it was a missed opportunity. I wanted to see something strong with Cece. Oh, and this happened too. Do you remember that episode where Cece is living with Schmidt in the loft and they have this episode where she's leaving her clothes everywhere and she's really messy and Nick is getting irritated by it and they have this epiphany moment where they're like, oh my God, like Cece and Nick, you guys are the same person and that's why Schmidt is drawn to you and that's why, you know, you guys are bugging each other. And it was one of those things where like they spelled it out very clearly in the episode, but I'm like... 
No, like they're not the same person. First of all, Cece being messy, that's a new personality trait you literally just gave her in this episode. Like we've seen Nick's room be messy every day. We haven't gotten to know this about Cece. And also like Cece being stubborn. No, like you see Cece standing up and being tough for herself and things like that. You never saw Nick doing that. Even that episode, I was just like, I don't know. I feel like they're giving Cece a personality that they never gave her. Anyway, I'm talking about it too much, but let me know what you think. I was just upset. I wanted to see it developed more. I thought it was interesting, the relationship with her mom and how they brought that up. And I loved the wedding that they had. But even that was just like, I don't know, I think it would have been fun to do, I don't know, just like one episode from Cece's life and what it's like, like a day in her life. I think everyone would have liked that. Okay, so let's get into who this actress is, Hannah Simone. She is a British-Canadian actress, a television host, and a former VJ. (laughs) Vagina. No, it's someone who, like, introduces music videos before they air and stuff like that. And she is a fashion model, and she's really mostly known for portraying Cece. She was born in London to an Indian father and an English mother, and she spent her childhood traveling all over. So from the ages of 7 to 10, she moved through three continents, attending school in each one. At the age of 13, she was living in Cyprus and working as a fashion model. 13, by the way. That's like crazy young. At age 16, she lived in New Delhi and she attended the American Embassy School. And then a year later, at 17, she returned to Canada. um, And then she went back to the UK for a year and she worked as a human rights and refugees officer for the United Nations. Which it's like already like 10 times more interesting than Cece. Sorry. (laughs) Um, She married musician Jesse Giddings in 2016 and she gave birth to their son in 2017. Now, there's really only one blind item about her, and it's also similar to Jake Johnson's. It could be about her. It could be about someone else. It reads, the producers of this hit network comedy are going to reduce the role of one of the stars of the show down to just a handful of episodes or release her from her contract because she keeps gaining weight. They are going to call it creative differences. And this is one that wasn't revealed, but it was speculated on. Some people said it could be Hannah in New Girl. Other people said that it could be Ariel Winter from Modern Family, which, by the way, we have done a Modern Family episode. So, yeah, we'll see if we see we'll see if we see some more of Hannah in um, upcoming roles and things like that. I think it would be fun. I think it would be interesting to give her a role where she actually, I don't know, acts. Maybe I'm like missing some big CC part that happened, but um, I, I just wanted to see a little bit more of her because other people were able to come in. Even like, even the character of Robbie who was just dating, like you found out more about Robbie than you really found out about Cece. Okay, now we are going to head on over to Coach Damon Waynes Jr. And he is from the Waynes family, which I was looking everything up and then I went down like a huge rabbit hole. And then I was like, maybe we'll have to do a Waynes entire episode because basically there's this Waynes family of inter black entertainers, comedians. It's this huge family. And I was watching a bunch of interviews. I think there's 60 people in the family Damon Wayne's Jr. was on the Ellen show talking about that. And there's a senior, that's his father, then there's a junior, and then um, a bunch of uncles. They're all involved in comedy. And they all, there was a bunch of comments in the YouTube videos too, being like, the genes are really strong because they all look very similar to each other. Kind of like the, you know, like the Hemsworth brothers, like you can just tell that they're brothers. 
So he's best known for being in the ABC sitcom Happy Endings. He was Brad Williams in that. And everybody was talking about Happy Endings in um, just like Wikipedia when I was looking this up. So I watched a few montages of the character Brad Williams. And the show, I was like, it kind of... From the montages, it kind of seemed a little bit like an airplane show that you would watch. You know, you'd be happy to watch like two hours of it on an airplane, but like you probably wouldn't write think pieces about it. But his character, Brad, watching the montages were like hypnotizing because Damon is like, he is just a full on like entertainment jester. Like he's doing physical comedy. He's doing voice comedy. He's doing comedic timing and acting. And just the way that he moves his body, I was like, oh my God, this is like the role of a lifetime, comma. I wish that they gave him more to do as like coach and new girl. Because once again, coach is a character where like they did not build out his character. And then watching these montages of Brad Williams, I'm like, they could have done so much with coach. I feel like they brought him in. And I swear to God, his entire personality was being a coach. Like they had him in a jumpsuit with the whistle and like even the scene of him and Nick, he's like training Nick and stuff like that. Like there were a few moments where like once he starts teaching, <laughs> there's the moment remember Ryan goes in you the um British teacher who Jess has a crush on I really did like how they made coach the gym and health class teacher I thought that like added a lot of great storylines for him but when Ryan goes in you comes in you <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> when, when Ryan goes in you comes into the scene oh my god it's a scene just like that where they keep like messing up his name because they're flustered because he's so hot oh my god that really took it out of me I'm gonna post the scene on Instagram but the character of coach is in there and him just kind of like adding the scene along makes it like 10 times funnier so I guess you could say Damon Waynes Jr. is also a nepotism baby. So he made his film debut when he was cast in his father's feature film in 1994 called Blank Men, and he was playing a young Kevin. He later appeared on his father's sitcom My Wife and Kids. Then he later worked as a staff writer on the series. Um, and we'll also talk about this, too, when we talk about Lamorne, who played... Winston, but it's interesting how Jake, Damon, and Lamorne all kind of came to New Girl from a comedy background, which I think really helps being on a comedic show. So he has five children. He has two daughters with an ex-girlfriend, Asia Mator, and I think she was on a show called Basketball Wives. I haven't seen like a single episode of it, so let me know if I got that wrong, but that's what it looked like online. And in 2016, he married Samara Sariva, and they have one son and two daughters together. So we've got two blind items on him, which, by the way, after not having a lot on Jake and Max and Hannah, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Here we go. So the first blind item is about him and his ex-girlfriend, Asia Mator. And it says, one of the reasons this former... A-list dual threat actor who comes from a sprawling family of comic actors is going to court is because his celebrity ex spends all of her child support money on drugs and trying to stay famous. Now, people said it wasn't revealed, but they said that was about Damon Wayans Jr. and his ex-wife. But I will say, I don't know if he's an A-list dual threat actor. I mean, I, I think he's great at what he does, but like, or sorry, former A-list so I don't know. Let me know what you think of that one. 
Okay, the second one involves his family member. So it says, this former almost A-list, mostly TV actor who now just has a smirk and a name, and they say that's Sean Waynes, has a deal with his A-list celebrity family member to pass along women that the celebrity no longer has a use for or who can get extra, extra kinky for the former actor. Ooh, interesting. I will say I've heard on some podcasts of women who sleep with celebrities. I think this was like a clip from the Sophia with an F podcast. And she was like, yeah, like I slept with this guy. So then he introduced me to his friend because I wanted to sleep with him. And it was just like, you know, very easily talked about where it's like, yeah, like (laughs) pass me along to a friend if like there's someone who's interested. So, yeah, we'll see. I have to say, after watching, like, little bits of clips of everyone, I do think Max Greenfield Schmidt was the breakout character. But I like the montage of happy endings so much that I'm like, I don't know, I might kind of start that as a show to see more of it because it seemed fun. So let me know if you've seen happy endings. Everyone referred to it online as, like, a cult following show, and everybody was mad when it got canceled. Okay, Lamorne Morris, um, who played Winston. So he grew up in the south side of Chicago. When he was a teenager, he moved to a western suburb. His mother worked for the post service. He's got a brother. And before he was acting, he was a class clown who would frequently be sent to detention. So he's another person with like a very funny comedic background. He went to college where he studied theater, and then he also, just like Jake Johnson and me, attended the Second City Training Center. And uh, while he was studying at Second City, he was a server at one of those diners where, like, you have to act like a complete asshole to the people who are eating there, which I think is funny. So he started out as an on-air personality for BET hosting Hot Wired. But instead of an I, it's a Y. And check this out. It says it's an interactive tech and gaming show, as well as a daily music and entertainment news show, which is interesting. It's funny how there used to be shows back in the day, right? Talking about like tech, gaming, daily music and updates. And I don't know anyone who watches shows anymore to get that. It's a YouTube channel, it's a TikTok, it's a podcast. Like, you really don't get that from networks anymore. So his breakthrough came through when he was cast as Winston, of course, and then there was a little bit of that mix-up. He didn't come in until the second season, um, which I think is interesting. I kind of like the fact that the happy endings mix-up happened because it just means that If that didn't happen, we never would know basically who Lamorne Morris is. And I was just ranting on my TikTok live before I did this at how I think it's so fucked up that Cara Delevingne, like, stop acting. You're not a good actress. You come from an aristocrat family where you're already like mega rich and like well-to-do. And she has tried singing. She has tried acting. She can't be the manic pixie dream girl. She can't be enchantress very well. She cannot, um, she can't do the period piece very well. She's not very good and only murders in the building. It's just like she, she can't do it all. And anytime she takes a role, you're taking a role away from somebody who worked so hard for it and has actual talent. And like, this could change their life. Do you know what I mean? Like your life is already good. I just, I don't know. With each episode I do, I get like more and more frustrated with people who are taking roles and jobs away from other people who deserve them. And I will say what I really like about New Girl is now 
Before New Girl, we didn't really know who Jake Johnson, Max Greenfield, Hannah Simone, or Lamorne Morris is. And now we know who all these people are. So anyway. What else? What else? What else? He is an avid baseball and basketball fan. He's a fan of the Chicago White Sox. And he said that every room in his house has something to do with basketball. Even the bathroom. (laughs) Even the kitchen. (laughs) I'd be curious. You have Zoe Deschanel in there. She's like, let me decorate your house. I will find a way to put a basketball in your toilet. (laughs) And there's no blind items about him. So anyway, so then I started getting kind of like really desperate. And I was like, God damn, like we need some blind items for this episode. It's not an episode without blind items. So I just went in and I started putting in everyone on the show who's been like a side character or they came on for an episode I was like blind items blind items like please have someone have done something nasty there was really only one I could find and take a guess (laughs) TikTok take a guess who you think it is it was someone who dated Jess it's Russell the like older man his name uh, I googled how to pronounce it it looks, the way it's spelled is Dermot Moroni, and it's Dammit Moroni. Um, I had Google pronounce it for me. Sorry if it's wrong. I, I looked it up. Why am I so triggered? Okay, this was his blind item, though. It says, Ooh. This B-list, mostly movie actor has recently dabbled in some quality television, but his most recent starring role in TV came to an end. Blah, blah, blah. Some stuff, and people say it's him. His wife was telling one of her friends the other night that she is getting worried about his needs sexually because he likes her to punish him, and she is feeling more and more uncomfortable about what he wants her to do. It was tough to listen to everything. Oh, sorry, I missed the last line. It was tough to listen to everything because she has a thick accent. Then in parentheses, it says she's Italian. So, I don't know. Uh, interesting. I wonder if NT was there then when that happened, allegedly. He likes her to punish him. Mm, Russell. Oh my God. Fascinating. So yeah, that's it. Those are all of the blind items on New Girl. And thank you for listening. Let me know what you think of everyone. I think the only, you know, really crazy thing to come out of here is that Zoe Deschanel is a little bit moldy, as you would call it. Um, and, uh, I got to say, too, what was it? Oh, yeah, her hating Megan Fox because she thought that Megan Fox was going to steal the show. I also thought that that was interesting. Which, by the way, that's another thing that they just randomly gave to Cece. They were like, oh, you're bisexual because you once, like, made out with her. Okay, end of story. I'm like, okay, okay. I guess we're, like, never going to see a developed Cece. All right, so thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Um, Also, I don't know if you follow me over on Instagram, but two months ago, I started a campaign called Pay It Fluently Forward. I was, I was, I was kind of proud of that one. I was like, oh my God, how fun. And basically, um, 30% of everything that I make from the podcast, because now we have sponsors, and I appreciate you guys listening. We wouldn't have sponsors if you didn't listen and share this with people. Basically, the podcast wouldn't exist without you listening to it and asking other people to listen to it. That's how we get sponsors. We also get we also get sponsors with a five-star review if you want to give one of those. And this podcast is something I do along with my nine-to-five job, and sometimes it's hard. This week was a very busy week, but sometimes it's easy and nice, and basically I just want to give back to other people who are also working on passion projects or small businesses or side things that they want to do along with their 
main job, things like that. So if you go over to Instagram, I have a highlight reel. I think it's called PIF for Pay It Fluently Forward. You can submit what you're working on you know, a nonprofit, an Etsy store. It doesn't even have to be a donation. If you're doing a podcast or a blog and you want more people to hear about it, let me know. And then every month I put out an Instagram post. I collect as many as I can and we share out um, both, you know, knowledge of what other people are working on and then also raffles. So you can win a gift card. So if I have a listener who like, let's say has an Etsy store where she makes jewelry, I'll buy a 100 dollar gift card from her and then I'll raffle off that gift card to another listener so then that way I just think it's fun it's like a community right like one listener supporting another listener and then together the rising tide it lifts all of our ships (laughs) and now we're all in the ocean so head on over to Instagram I just wanted to plug it here Um, if you have something I would love to help support you and give back and try to get all of these projects off the ground let's all try to do it let's all try to make our projects work so Head on over there, and um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it, and I will see you guys next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye, guys. Bye.